Hey there, it's Kim Doyle, and welcome to my show, where digital marketing meets real stories, experiences, and strategies. You'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what's working and not working in my business, as well as other experts who show up and share their stories. As much as I love talking about tangible marketing principles and tactics, we'll dig a little deeper with mindset and explore what's required to create a business you love on your terms that also supports your life. I want to help you understand the why behind the how. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just dipping your toes in, remember, marketing is a journey and the goal is to enjoy it. My desire is to guide you on your journey and remind you that no matter what life throws at you, you've got this. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. Um, If you're watching this on video, you're going to know this. If you're listening, I have to tell you, I'm very excited because it's cooling off and I'm in a hoodie. So (laughs) simple pleasures, my friends. What's up? Uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with you because I went deep on a couple different things. And it really, hopefully this will strike a chord, resonate with you. Uh, Today's episode is staying the course when the world feels like a dumpster fire. And, you know, you guys know me well enough, probably if you've been listening for a while, that I'm a pretty optimistic person. Uh, at the same time, you know, <laughs> staying the course is challenging on any given day, let alone when the world feels like a dumpster fire, right? Uh, and that's being a little dramatic, right? And I'm not going to go sideways in this episode about all of the challenges that people are facing in the world today because we're aware of it, right? Like we don't need to rehash this. It's kind of like, um, <coughs> excuse me, I think like the change in the seasons is triggering some allergies here. But, um, you know, things, we we just know things are not what they used to be and there will, they never will be, right? And so there's a lot of uncertainty. I was reading this article though. That's where I was starting to, to go a second ago. I was reading an article this morning and it was a, a guy that um, was referencing another article. We're getting a little meta here, but he was referencing another article about how Gen Z and millennials are so worried about, you know, they're pissed off and they're blaming the boomers, right? I'm Gen X. So we just silently stay in the background and do our own thing. But his point, which I think was brilliant, was this this narrative needs to stop. It doesn't help anybody. And at the same time, I read um, something else. I think my aunt had shared on Facebook. You know, the boomers also did a lot right? They, they did do a lot. Basically, they were sold a bill of goods um, from the government and corporations at their time. But let's not forget civil rights movement, the, the, the women's movement. I mean, I probably didn't, it probably wasn't until 10 years ago when I realized that women couldn't even get a credit card in their own name until the 70s, you guys. Okay. So that being said, um, you know, we don't need to contribute is what I'm trying to, to get at here. I don't want to contribute to the negativity, to the hardship narrative. It's there. It exists. There's real problems that people are facing. I'm not negating any of that, but it doesn't do any good to go down that path, right? This is why it's vital that we learn to tune out the noise and find ways to ground ourselves. So again, you guys know I'm a bit of a Pollyanna and um, I stopped I stopped listening to the news. It was probably close to 15 years ago um, when it felt like actual news, um, not entertainment or propaganda. And you guys, I'm going to be super direct also. Clearly, 
my viewpoints and my belief system will come through in this, but I am not here to throw shade on anyone or throw anyone under the bus. As much as I believe I'm entitled to my thoughts and beliefs, everyone is entitled to their thoughts and beliefs. I don't have to agree with them. Um, And so it's important for me to stay in my lane and do what I can, right? So that's kind of where I'm coming from today. But anyways, back to the news. So even back then, it felt like the focus tended to be it leaned towards the negative. You know, the original clickbait pre-internet was, you know, this crazy headline that would hit us and, you know, tune in at 10, tune in at 11. I'm not watching news at 10. My goal is to be asleep at 10. <laughs> oh, I love aging. Anyways, years ago, I would go straight to the gym after I took the kids to school. And if I were on the treadmill or the elliptical, I had a tendency to pop on Good Morning America. Diane Sawyer was awesome, um, is awesome. God bless her. Um, But you think, you know, harmless enough, right? Most of that was lifestyle and entertainment. But there were news segments or teasers about the news. And even if I wasn't aware of it, some of that stuff still sinks in. You know, I don't know. This is all off script. I don't know how often people stop to think that everything that we pay attention to, that we listen to, where we connect, engage, all of our experiences contribute to who we are and how we feel. There's no way to avoid that. Um, But there are things that we can do to stay on course, right? But for me, I stopped even watching Good Morning America once I got my first iPad and I realized, huh, I I can actually read when I'm on these machines. And it was, you know, and I was still getting a a good workout. And you know what's funny is I could also listen to music because music is great to work out to. And at the same time, I like, I can't listen to music though when I'm working and trying to read or write. It just like the, um, the words get in the way of my comprehension. Yet for some reason it worked at the gym. Go figure. Anyways, um, once once I realized that I could do that, then I was like, okay, goodbye. And then podcasting got big. And so if I wasn't on a cardio machine and was doing weights, it was podcasts and oftentimes music though, because I like the energy. But fast forward to today, and the only bits of news I get are from social media. Not intentionally. Well, maybe TikTok though, because they serve you content based on what you watch. So you have to kind of be careful. And that's where I also get I don't take a lot of these platforms. I don't take any of these platforms too seriously. For growth channels, they're great opportunities, but I also don't want to create content specific to an algorithm. I've got to do what I want to do <laughs> and what feels right for me and my audience. Um, and that, so that that's probably the extent of my news. I'll see stuff come up in a feed, um, you know, or like I said, a TikTok video. YouTube, again, SEO, so it serves you stuff based on what you watch, which now I I should do a screenshot of this, you guys. So I had subscribed to um, like a white noise generator before, and I would layer, you know, sounds, what is the ocean, this, that. And then I was like, gosh, I kind of got into this uh, nutty desire for fall, which all of this is off script, by the way. There is a hilarious aviation gin commercial that I just saw with Ryan Reynolds where he jokes around about making a pumpkin spice and he's just ripping on the whole pumpkin spicing. I love my pumpkin spice. I'm tired of the haters, but he's funny. And so I did watch that. Um, but anyways, my, my YouTube. So I was like, God, I bet you there's like ambiance channels and stuff. I had never even dawned on me, you guys. Now when I log into YouTube, so the channel, I follow a chunk of channels, but now it's like, 
half the recommended stuff is like wind, snow, and crackling fire in a cozy hut with cats. Sounds to relax, study, or sleep, or autumn farm ambiance. I mean, it's it's hysterical, but I digress. Um, so there was a time when I took a very neutral stance on what was happening politically and in the world because because of this, because of what it made me feel. Um, and I may or may not have shared this on the podcast. My dad and I are in very opposite spectrums politically. Um, he's a very good man. And I just tell him, I'm not going to have this conversation with you, or he'll come in to update me on stuff. And I'm like, dad, there's a reason I don't watch the news. There, there just is, right? So where I'm at, and again, I promise this is not a political post. This is all for context, which is leading up to staying the course. And my intention was, and still is, to be the best human being that I can be, um, to be kind, to do good work, and just love with my whole heart, um, all while creating a life that fills my soul to the very depth of my being. And, you know, it was interesting. My mom was just amazing. I, I literally was blessed with incredible parents. But it was it was really neat to watch as my mom aged. She passed away at 71. I never got to see her never got to. I don't, you know, I wish I'd rather see her get old, but I never saw my mom get old. But what I did see is I saw her really soften. Uh, she went through breast cancer twice um, and some major health things prior to what she passed from. But it was, you know, I think when you, as you get older and you face your mortality and you realize life is really, really precious there's a softening. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Like when I say that my intention is to love with my whole heart, it is. I want to be kind. I want people to feel better for having connected with me, engaged with me in real life, in my business, all across the board, right? But that being said, with all of the upheaval over the last few years and the massive divisiveness in this country, um, something in me has woken up. And you can't unring a bell, so to speak, right? Like once you become aware of something, you can't put your head in the sand. And I'm not knocking anybody who chooses to stay out of all of that because the truth is, you know, I don't see myself becoming a political activist by any means, but it's very important to me. Even coming back from Costa Rica, I felt a real sense of responsibility to vote, to contribute where I feel that I can contribute for the changes that I want to see. Um, my sense of responsibility to the world I live in feels a lot deeper. I'm sure it's a combination of my age. You know, my children are grown and on their own, so I have a lot more bandwidth and some of the loss I've experienced. But you do hit a point in life when you say, if not now, when? I mean, that's a big question to ask yourself. We are living through some amazing and very challenging times right now. So the first and most important place to start is with ourselves. I've been contemplating this question a lot. How do I stay the course when everything around me feels like a dumpster fire? And now, to be honest, I'm not actually using the phrase when everything around me feels like a dumpster fire uh, when I'm thinking about this question of staying the course. It was really, that was a, that was a good title, right? Um, and it was, it was strictly for the title because truthfully, words have power and I try to choose them carefully. By the way, I'm finishing coffee number two. And I have my um, handy dandy water here. So I will have to take a couple beverage breaks as as per usual, right? As we do this. Um, the question of staying the course, though, 
is 100% accurate. So forget the title of the dumpster fire. It was just a fun title. Where I'm coming from is a place of curiosity and a true desire to keep myself in alignment. And so to answer this question, I want to approach this from two angles. We've got the internal side of things, and then we've got the external side of things. So let's start with the internal side of staying the course. In some ways, the internal side of this is easier because it's something we actually can control. In other ways, it's harder because it takes conscious decisions, effort, and massive boundaries to anchor in behaviors and beliefs that support staying the course. And staying the course is your course. It's your path. It's what you decide is right alignment for you, right? Because anytime we set boundaries, we're probably going to upset somebody else because we're taking care of ourselves first. And you know, there's a, a spiritual teacher I listened to, and I realized they put it in such succinct terms. And this is what I want to share with you guys, because it's really funny when you realize that the only reason people get upset when you take care of yourself first is because you're not taking care of what they want. In other words, it, it's this blatant message of, well, I want you to do what I want you to do. I don't want you to do what you want to do. It's, it's, it's a very ridiculous stance. I mean, I understand being disappointed when you want someone to join or do something, um, but you can be disappointed and respect, right? You respect somebody setting boundaries. Um, but when people get mad at you, it's because you're not fulfilling their needs. You're taking care of your own, which is hugely important, especially for women. Um, the other hard part, and I, I know some of this is going to sound simplistic, but it is on point and simple does not equate to easy all the time. The other hard part though about working on the internal side of things is you really need to be willing to stop for a moment. You need to get away from the computer, the noise, the people, people in general, right? Social, especially social, all of it, because it's really hard to get clear on what you want and what's important to you with a zillion other things vying for your attention. I'm kind of scrolling through the post one sec because I wanted to share. I, I, I literally just had this experience last weekend. And, you know, the truth is, you guys, for the most part, when I'm home seven days a week, I get up, I get coffee, and I get on the computer and I treat it. You know, there's stuff I read and stuff I look at. I sort of think of that as the replacement to like the newspaper, which I didn't, I was not a daily newspaper reader, but Sundays, man, I loved cof, cup of coffee, a little HGTV. And I would take two, three hours and then just enjoy my morning with the newspaper. Um, but so this is kind of my version of this, right? But this was on Saturday last weekend. And I started feeling a little bit of angst. And it was like, I couldn't put my finger on. I was like, what, what's bugging me? Everything in my life is right. Everything is going well. But I was just feeling, excuse me, this weird, this weird angst. And so I was like, girl, you got to get off the computer. You need to get off the computer. My dad was gone for the weekend and which is, everything is great. But the quiet, I just, I love the quiet. <laughs> and I'm very productive when I'm by myself and there's no interruptions. And even the awareness that someone else is around sometimes can shift your mood, right? Anyway, so it was a nice day. And I thought, there's probably not a whole lot of pool days left. And we're kind of getting ready to winterize it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go in the pool. And I'm going to do a little cleaning. I'll add a little water. And I turned on an audiobook I was listening to. And 
the simple act of getting one, outside, and then two, putting something good into my head without feeling the need to be doing. You know, I think with with online business, it's there's always this idea that we have to be producing, creating, um, engaging something, doing the work, right? But your head gets just, how do I want to explain this? I, I, I get muddied with the amount of tasks and things that have to happen. And so I have to step back <sighs> right? And take a breath. And that's what happened for me. And I was listening to this audiobook. And if you've not listened to it, I've listened to it probably twice, not for a few years, but You Were a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. It's a little bit of manifestation, practicality, intentionality, um, mindset, beliefs, and how, and I will, I will die on this sword. Is that how you say that phrase? Um, your mindset is everything. You have to focus on, on, on your beliefs and making sure you're asking better questions. So I was in the pool and I'm listening to this audiobook and I, I thought, oh my God, I'm asking the wrong questions. We don't want to ask questions that cause angst. It's like, okay, well, how can I create this to get that instead? So, you know, stepping away, it is so important, whatever that looks like to you, maybe it's taking a nap, taking a bath. These are all the things I have to do, which we're going to get into in a minute. But, you know, this happens frequently in life. It's, it's just part of life. It's part of being a human being, right? Um, but really, like I said, it's hard to get clear on what you want and what's important to you with so many other things vying for your attention. And so when you get away from the things that want your attention, it's a lot easier. I remember Wayne Dyer once saying, it's the silence between the notes that makes the music. And then I, I Google it. I'm like, I don't know if he originally said this. It was actually the composer, Claude uh, Debussy. Debussy, Debussy, either way. I actually played a piece by him, um, Arabesque too. when I was, I, I played piano for like 10 years. Anyway, the older I get, the more I crave quiet. I, it's, it's how I get clear. It refuels me. And it keeps the world's chaos at bay. It's almost like, you know, I kind of picture this protective bubble. And this is why meditation is super important to me. Um, so, but I, what I want to do is I want to get more specific on what you can actually do with the internal side of things to stay the course. And the first thing I would highly recommend is that you start by creating a little structure in life, in life, in your life specifically. And so you may have some things, but but really stop and pay attention to where am I getting off track and where could I do a little entrepreneurial adulting and expect a little bit more from yourself, right? Mm. I think that was my first right for this podcast, you guys. I'm such on a mission to get that out of my language. It drives me cuckoo. Uh, but I remember when I was a young mother, my mom drilled this into my head and she'd say it over and over again that children rely on and need structure. And it wasn't from a place of being super strict, but simple routines and structure help children feel safe. And the same is true for you. You know, so regardless of where I've lived, I, whether it was, you know, the house I owned uh, in Brentwood years ago, Boise, Costa Rica, hanging out at my dad's for a little bit, it doesn't matter. I have always, 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 I've worked from my desk as though I were working for someone else. I have to give myself that opportunity. It sets me up. There's a structure there that I like. And my start and end times to my days vary. And there are days off and time away. Obviously, I was off yesterday 
offline the entire day. I'm recording this on Tuesday. Monday, I went up to see my mentor, i.e. therapist. And, you know, it's a three and a half hour trek. And I spend a few hours with her. And I just, it is such a nice day for myself. You know, that time with her is is gold. But then just even the drive is just, oh, I love it. Um, But, you know, this commitment in to myself has instilled a level of trust that has carried me through the last 15 years. I know that I'm going to show up to work every day for myself, right? Because I matter. My business matters. I like to use the term gentle structure because I go into massive resistance when I feel like I have to do something. Um, Gosh, you guys, you know, with the amount of planners on the market, you can find a system to suit you. And if you can't, create it. And yes, I'm talking again about my little three things that I have been doing this journaling routine now for four months. And it works for me because I didn't want something that felt like a part-time job. And it took half my day. Some of these productivity masters and gurus, you know, I look at these planners, I'm like, this is going to take me two hours to deal with this every day to deal with, right? And if you're somebody who loves that, have at it. It drove me bananas. So it was not something I was going to do. So creating this gentle structure for myself, I do some journaling in the morning, I meditate, I do some journaling in the evening, I have specific tasks and prompts, which I have talked about, you guys are probably sick of it. Um, but it's, it's kind of magical, because it really is starting to compound. This is also why I make sure to take as much time for myself as I can. I am, like I said, I'm at this sort of in-between phase in my life right now while I'm at my dad's trying to figure out where I want to be beyond just going back and forth between Costa Rica and California. Um, So it's crucial that I create the space I need while I figure that out because I, I really do relish my time alone. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, and I don't know, I would love to hear from the ladies on this. If, if you have found this as you've gotten older, you hit midlife and like, I always considered myself an extrovert. I'm pretty outgoing. I can converse with anybody. I'm one of those people, like I don't sit and chat for hours with pe- you know, cashiers and stuff, but I'm very friendly and I try to give compliments and I have fun and, or, you know, I'll engage when I'm out and about. I just, you know, it feels good. And then there's times because I'm also very antisocial where I'm shopping and I've got um, podcasts um, on. And so I've got my AirPods in because tuning out a lot of noise, I get overstimulated and this has happened as I've aged. It's very fascinating. Anyways, I do really love my time to myself. Here's some other things that I do to stay the course. I see my therapist mentor regularly. Like I mentioned yesterday, SR, we talk on the phone. Um, I have calls with friends for accountability and support. Now, you know, and I want to say this is all stuff that is kind of more specific to business, right? But it works in life in general. And when I say calls with friends for accountability and support, you know, I have um, a few very dear friends that I have regular calls with that we hold each other accountable. We check in on our businesses. We set goals. Um, One is every other week. One is every week. And it's just, it's like, I think of these, all of these things as kind of like a rudder of a boat, you know, that you, as you're moving along the current, life's going to pull you in different directions. And that rudder just gets you back on course. Um, I meditate. I think I may have shared this, but I don't know when it was, but within the last month and a half, probably last time I talked to my therapist before seeing her, you know, we do FaceTime audio calls. She's like, are you meditating? And I was like, damn it. 
It's like, no. <laughs> and and I emailed her later. I'm like, how do you always know? It. I mean, we've worked together for a zillion years at this point. 20. I, this is, blows my mind. And she's and she just said, I don't, I don't know, but I do. And she's like, wouldn't you rather just kind of sit in the magic that there's a connection that I know that? I was like, absolutely. Um, but meditating for me, you guys, three minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes, it keeps me grounded. And the funny thing is, when she asked me this recently, it's because I felt like I was in this flow, right? It's kind of like, well, I was feeling good. Why do it? Well, those are all the things that contribute to feeling good. You know, it's kind of like exercising, eating well, drinking water, getting rest. You don't stop those things when you're feeling good. You keep them up because you're feeling good. Anyways, so I do. I like to meditate. Um, reading. Um, I read a lot of nonfiction, but I I always have a novel. Actually, I have two going right now because one sounded so interesting. I didn't. Uh, and the other one is like the third in a long series. So I'm like, ah, I can pause that. I like that escape of, of a good novel, uh, getting outside again, especially before it gets too cold and I start whinging <laughs> about the cold. Um, writing really helps me, whether it's journaling, writing a podcast episode, writing an email. And you guys probably get that I, I share a lot of my thoughts and feelings relative to my business and my life. But share. there's so much power in sharing and, and communicating and engaging. Um, I'm a bath nut. You guys know I love my baths. I like to get massages. And then, of course, time with people I love. And it's, you know, there are times where it's, you know, you'll be very busy and you have a lot of that on your plate and it can get a little bit like, whoa, I need a break. Um, But it always fuels me. It always fills my heart. So, you know, the benefit of the time for myself is that it's much easier for me to show up for the people I love when I'm not overextended. And yes, excuse me, it means disappointing others sometimes. And missing out on things. But I always think of something my therapist said to me once. She said, I find that when I take care of myself, it's usually in the best interest of the other person as well. You know, so if you are feeling overextended and you've got a lunch or a dinner or an outing planned, and, you know, well, let me finish my my thought here. You've got that planned and you really are feeling this pull that I need rest, I need quiet, or I need to not travel or drive like all of my friends that you know from the bay area they're they're down in the east bay so it's a two hours so then i'm like i have to be down there for a couple days i have to plan it out um but that being said there's also a side where it's like you may not feel like doing it right now but if you're always glad you go you know also requires a little adulting there doesn't it um you know so when I was sharing the story about, you know, getting in the pool this weekend, one great element for me is physically doing something. I I know that if I physically move my body, it doesn't have to be like, I'm going to go and work out. You know, like I talked about, go for a walk, get in the pool, that kind of stuff. But even if I'm like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to clean or, you know, like, because I was, I went and cleaned the inside of the car the other day because I was in the car for like seven hours yesterday. And I was like, I, I, I'm kind of a neat person. You got, well, not kind of, I am a neat person. I like stuff picked up. And I was like, I knew I'd feel better being in the car that was nice and clean. Right. So, but doing something physically, it doesn't matter what really will shift your mood. And there's science that backs us up, right? There's data, the endorphins, we get our body moving. All of those things are important. Um, and then, you know, this, this last Saturday, like I was telling you about the pool, when everything was done, it was like, oh, and I washed all my bedding. And so 
it's it's hard to be climbing into a fresh bed after a good day. You know, I took a bath and then I cooked pizza and I watched a movie. And it was like <laughs> those simple moments, you guys, I don't know. I, I, again, I think it's age, you know, that you just get to this point where you appreciate those moments and learning to be present. And in that moment, you know, you've probably heard the phrase, what you appreciate, appreciates. And I I live by that motto. Um, But as an entrepreneur, it is really easy to get caught up and feeling like doing the work is the only thing that's going to move the needle. But it's not true. We really have to allow ourselves time for thinking, reflecting, turning the business brain off and being present. All right. Now let's talk about the external side of staying the course. I have to watch my time. I'm like, if I have coffee past one o'clock, you girls never sleeping. Um, I've got a good hour. All right. Let's talk about the external external side. I'm going to tell you this, and I, again, believe in this with every ounce of my being, is that you have to curate everything. Your social feeds, your inbox, what you listen to, what you watch, what you read, where and how you spend your time, who you talk to and share things with, where you invest your time and money, like courses and webinars, right? Curating social feeds is not a new concept, but more often than not, we blow it off and we don't do anything about it. Like how many times, you know, I realize this, um, that there have been plenty of times where I'll see something and I'm like, I don't want this garbage. So I will go and unfollow the person. I'm like, Kim, you're not personal friends. Just unfriend them. (laughs) They're not, they probably won't even know. Right. And I'm talking about Facebook or I've got like 5,000 friends. You guys, I friended everybody I've been on since 2008 and it's just (laughs) the energy it requires to go in and unfriend people, Eh, whatever. But when I see stuff that is triggering to me, I'm going to shut it off and I'm going to unfriend people. Because truly, like my Facebook feed at this point is pretty much marketing content, friends, animals, and like-minded people. Choosing to mute, unfollow, and unfriend people who display things that ruffle my feathers is being responsible to myself. You know, I wish we lived in a world with civil discourse, but I feel like that has just gone sideways, um, where people listen to opposing views with a desire to learn and be open-minded instead of just waiting to shout back at why why someone else is wrong. But that's rarely the case with social media. And I and I should say, there is civil discourse in the world. Social media is the last place you're probably going to find it though, right? Um, but here's the thing, guys. You don't owe anyone anything, especially on social media. I don't care if it's your next door neighbor or a family member. It's your feed. Occasionally, I post things on my personal profile that are political. Um, And inevitably, I will have someone who disagrees with me post a negative comment because it's ruffled their feathers. You want to know what I do? I just friggin' delete their comment. There's no explanation. There's no counter argument. A simple, a bye bye works. (laughs) Right? You guys remember that SNL skit, Saturday Night Live? A a bye, a bye bye. Um, I don't say that, right? But in my head, I'm all, I'm not put, I am not expending my energy to argue with you. And guess what? I don't need to defend my opinion to you. My page is not a democracy. And it it always tends to be from the people who don't engage with the positive content. So I'm like, you know, here's a great example. The two people that I'm specifically thinking of, one is an older gentleman from the neighborhood I grew up in, right? So, which I had no idea that his, I I had no idea that. Anyways, we'll leave that alone. The other one was a woman I worked with 
20 some odd years ago and not even on a regular basis, right? We were in different districts and I'd see her a couple times a year and I was like, you really? I'm like, bye. I'm like, I don't need to be friends with these people. (laughs) You know, they're not a part of my day-to-day life. And even if they are, you can still mute. Okay, you can, you don't need to see that social media is not a requirement for anything, even your business. I'm gonna tell you that in a minute, but um, moving on, you need to unsubscribe to anything and everything that does not support you feeling the way you want to feel. You know, when it comes to your business, if you subscribe to a newsletter, a person or a company that only makes you feel like you're not doing enough or you're not doing things right cut the friggin' cord. Click unsubscribe. I don't care how big the person or the company is. You know, I've been in this space a long time. I feel a sneeze. (coughs) Excuse me, coming on. (laughs) I've been in this space a long time and there were people that are big names and it was like I followed them early on. And then you get to a point where I just, it doesn't resonate anymore. We change, we grow, we evolve. And it doesn't make the person right, wrong, good, bad, any of that. But I'm very conscious about what shows up in my inbox, right? Make how you feel the most important thing. How you feel should matter more than anything else. And it's much more important than FOMO, which is BS anyways. You know, there are are things that it's like, oh, I don't want to miss this. And it's like, really? If you've not purchased anything, you're not actively involved in that training, like you can subscribe later. And let's see if you even remember like there are, there are names or things that I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot about that person because I unsubscribed years ago. But whatever it is, it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. It only needs to make sense to you. Every time, as an example, every time I see this person show up, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing more. I don't have time, energy, or desire to do more. So unsubscribe. Um, When I read things, the first thing I think to myself is, Kim, you know this. You don't need this. Focus on what you're creating. And (laughs) that sentence, you guys remember, I have my show notes here. Not when I read anything, but there are some things that I read from people who are newer on their journey. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Here's here's a great example. Twitter, I-E-X. Are people just still calling it Twitter or I don't even, I don't even care. I don't even care. Um, and I had put some effort into Twitter and will probably still share curated uh, our repurposed content there. I can't stand Elon Musk. I don't care what he's done. I can't stand the guy. So I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> and so, you know, you have to say to yourself, okay, so do I need to be reading from people who are like, here's how I'm doing this on Twitter? I'm like, unsubscribe. It, it doesn't, you're not going to buy anything about Twitter. And I never say never. This is my mood right now though. Um, but if it's not, if, if what I'm reading is not going to help me get better at what I'm doing, and it isn't simply for entertainment or a sole purpose, meaning it makes me feel something because there are plenty of newsletters that I simply like the way the person writes. Um, and it's, it's a great example. I can kind of study it or, it has nothing to do with business and marketing. And I like the message, you know, it, that's fine. Um, but the bottom line is you don't need more information about what you already know, especially if you're not implementing what you know. Um, so again, if it's not going to help me get better, unsubscribe. And this has really been a very recent realization. And 
the truth is I completely attribute this to the level of focus I've had and this commitment. You know, I, it, it's phenomenal, you guys. <laughs> it feels really, really good. And you have to trust the process. But where I was saying last week that it starts compounding, you know, these, these behaviors and habits that you, you set in place for yourself, like this gentle structure. Um, but all of a sudden, you start really reaping the rewards from it. Um, now let's talk about what you listen to, watch, and read, which we kind of covered reading already. But um, you guys, I am so conscious of what I put into my head. I only listen to things that fuel me or make me feel good. doesn't matter if it's a podcast, music, or like I said, background noise. The same is true with what I read. And, you know, I used to think I was pretty good at what I watched until I realized that even though something I'm watching, this is specific to TikTok, this is the truth, um, aligns with my beliefs, I end up feeling a little bit pissed off and angry. It's like, Kim, you don't need this either. So maybe it's keeping you informed and maybe you're feeling validated or it's confirming a belief of yours, but you don't feel good, right? <laughs> Who wants to feel shitty by watching BS TikTok content, right? And and it again, it's not because I disagree. I don't see the stuff I disagree with. So you know, I haven't quite figured out the balance between staying informed and aware and not getting angry. Um, so until I do, I need to practice what I preach here and pay more attention to it. And I will tell you that when I'm in alignment, when I'm meditating, when I'm getting rest, when I'm taking care of myself, I am not as easily triggered. Side note, right? Um, TV and movies are super easy for me. I don't watch things that cause me angst. I just don't, you guys. Like like reality TV, the extent of my reality TV is home shows. Um, I, I I can't, I don't like seeing people argue. I don't like the pettiness. It just, ugh, it just feels icky. Um, I don't watch horror movies. I'm a complete nut about that. They freak me the bucket out. Um, or things that are super, super sad. Now, doesn't mean I won't watch an important story. I do like like historical movies. I mean, Schindler's List, I watched once. It was incredible, powerful. It needed to be shared. But word, I don't need to watch it again. Um, yeah, so you guys, and I'm my inner Pollyanna would truly rather rewatch one of the first four Harry Potter movies over and over, um, over like a true crime. I can't do two cr- true crime either. Um, it just, it's depressing to me. Um, and here's the thing, like, you guys know... I'm a Harry Potter fan, right? Um, and I love all the movies, but the second half of the films are darker and they're a little bit sad. Um, and I didn't ever want it to end. So <laughs> I do limit those. Every now and then I'll do like, I'm going to watch them all this weekend. Um, but all of this applies to business and marketing too. Even if the content is valuable, if you find that it makes you feel bad about yourself, that you're not doing enough, or you should be further along on your journey, turn it off. It's that simple. We control that, right? Let's talk about where and how you spend your time. Uh, you know, your environment really matters. I had a great apartment in Costa Rica, but it needed a little help when I arrived. And so uh, you guys probably have seen pictures or whatever, but I had this incredible view. The beach was less than 10 minute walk, so I could see the water. Um, I had vaulted ceilings and the whole family room area, which is where I had my desk, all windows. I mean, it was it was beautiful. Um, however, when I got there, the colors were off, the furniture was arranged in a strange way, which a friend of me told me that they put it back that way. I moved the couch so that you could look out at the incredible view. And I put the TV, it doesn't matter, whatever. Um, but it didn't feel like me. 
So I had it painted. (laughs) I rearranged the furniture. I had some things made, like I had new curtains made. And then I had this huge kitchen table that had benches that hurt your rump. I'm just telling you. So I had some cushions made, which the neighbors below me actually had the same table and they bought the cushions for me. I sold everything, (laughs) Um, you know, but it was really important to me that it felt like my space. And so I decorated it. I mean, I brought a lot of stuff down. I had friends bring stuff down and it felt like my space. And a lot of people, why would you put that money into rental? Because how I feel matters more. And again, I, I was able to sell everything and And labor is extremely inexpensive. I think I got the whole place painted for like 150 bucks. But, um, you know, how I felt was more important than the money I spent. And it's just, I I believe in that. And and if you're watching this video, and you guys, a lot of the videos, I I do need to say this, that they're all going, the podcast will start going live. Well, not live, but it's going to start being put up to YouTube next week. I kind of needed a bank, side note. But what I've done at my dad's, I found these uh, felt tiles. They're like 12 by 12 or just shy of that because about, I needed a better backdrop. It almost looks like I'm in a podcast studio now. And then my dad's really cute. He was like, what do you have for your birthday? And so there was this beautiful uh, pottery barn, kind of tropical blue and white. Anyways, it was gorgeous. And I wanted the duvet. And so it doesn't matter. I'm like, so I wanted this to feel more like my space. And, you know, it, it feels fantastic. Um, and like I said, I'm a very neat person. I don't do well with clutter. And I always make sure that my space feels good. So I apply this to places I go as well. I don't like huge crowds, meaning I don't apply decorating to places I go. But I apply filters to the places I go and where I spend my time. Like I said, don't like huge crowds or super loud noise. Like I could handle a football game or an out because you're outside, I think. Um and there's lulls in the noise a little bit and you can still talk, but like concerts, I think, I don't think I'll ever attend another concert again. And I don't ever say never, never say never. Right. But and like, I could probably handle Adele because it's pretty chill, <laughs> but I just, I don't like huge crowds. Um, and it took me a while to get to the point where I stopped feeling like I should want to do these things that other people find fun. Right. I can't tell you how many authors I've seen, right? And I feel like some of this makes me feel sound super boring, um, but I'm not really a live music person either. Um, I'm very fun, <laughs> but, you know, like I can handle one of the things we used to do a lot in Costa Rica, side note, um, a bunch of my friends, you know, we'd all, we'd do dinner and swim and stuff. And then we would boogie, like, man, we'd play cards, phase 10. I absolutely adore that game. Um, but we would dance. It was real, that's the kind of, I can do that, right? It's super fun. But I just not a crowd person. Anyways, um, this is probably also why you'll never see me at a huge business or marketing event. The last big event I went to was Funnel Hacking Live in 2018. That was around 3,000 people. And that was it for me. It was so freaking draining, um, which now I think it's like 5,000 people. Just, oh. Sorry about that. I will say next year, I, I was wanting to go to the high level event this year. But it's the same time I'll be back in Costa Rica. So, you know, what would you rather do? Um, but I, I would like to go to that. It doesn't seem as I, – I just – you guys, I can't stand the event. And I swear to you, I, I I promise you that if I ever hold an event, like besides a retreat that's a little bit more, I'm not going to have a DJ and somebody pumping up the room and making you get out of your seats and dance and scream. I like energy. I like bringing the energy up in a room. 
But I just, the nonsensical, like, MCs in between. Anyways, <laughs> I digress. I'm specifically thinking to click funnels, and clearly I'm not their ideal customer, so that's fine. Um, where am I at? All right. It is really important that you be incredibly protective of the impact that all of these things have on your sense of well-being because you can't show up and do the work that you feel compelled to do to create and serve your audience. And we work to create the life we want, right? It's not the other way around. I mean, I'm so grateful that I love what I do. There's always something new to learn and to level up and to get better at. I love it. I think it's phenomenal. And never in a million years, this job that I have that I've created for myself, my business, it's not a job. Um, didn't exist, right? 20 years ago, at least not to the degree it does today. It's it's wild to me. Um, because the truth is, you guys, it is really hard to show up, create and serve your audience when you're overstimulated, your energy is drained, or you don't feel good in your own space. All right. Let's talk about who you talk to and share things with. Man, this is a big, big factor. Um, And it probably feels obvious, but it's too important not to talk about. And we've all heard the phrase, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I believe it was Jim Rohn who said that. I don't know if there's any data to support this, but you can tell pretty quickly whether or not someone drains you or fuels you. Um, It's it's also easy. Easy? It's easy. (laughs) Oh, you guys have done pretty good without tripping up my words today. It's also easy to feel stagnant if the people you spend the most time with, engage with, are not moving the needle in their own lives. And this is really applicable to business, right? The people that you connect with and and share, you know, whether or not you have somebody in an office with you, you work at home, we have those people. It's so important to have those people that are on a similar type of path, journey, work for themselves that you can collaborate and connect with, right? Um, I, 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 t- I really get the whole idea of the solo entrepreneur or the one person business. I have nothing but respect for that. But you still need people to bounce ideas off, to share, to vent. You know, clearly I'm a big believer in that. 20 years of talking with a therapist um, who is truly just this life mentor now. There, There's always power. I always feel better when I get something off my chest or out of my body. Um, you know, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have the people in your life, you know, so if you've got um, people in your personal life, right, there's that balance who maybe they're negative or they're draining. Like I catch my, myself sometimes like my dad, God bless him. He's not a negative person, but the stuff he watches tends to lean in that direction. And I'm like, none of this feels good. Or if he'll bring up something about, you know, this is super off topic, you guys, but some cousins or something. And, and I'm like, dad, not your circus, not your monkeys. Like, why would you want to spend your precious time talking about people and how they're living their lives that have nothing to do with you? You know, or if he gets a little bit of dramatic, <laughs> a little bit of dramatic, a little dramatic, I, I joke with him about it. And he instantly flips. He came in one morning. I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, terrible. I'm like, what's the matter? I didn't sleep well. And I said, well, you're not terrible. You're tired. <laughs> you know, like I called him on it. And it's like, and he kind of, because I was, I was joking with him, but I'm like, 
dad, don't make yourself feel worse. Just like, I'm super tired and I need to nap today. I didn't sleep last night. Whatever it is, you know, like, again, words have power, but pay attention to people. No matter how grounded you are, there are people that are going to push buttons. It's really important that you monitor that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have these people in your life, but make sure you're in a good place before you spend time with them. Otherwise, it's really easy to get pulled down. And there will be those times. My therapist was reminding me of this yesterday. And she said, Kim, sometimes, you know, we're going to join in and we're going to bitch and complain. We are human. There's no way around this. We want to be this best version of ourselves. I do. And I'm always trying to stay in alignment and live from the intentions I've set for myself. But of course, I'm going to complain. Of course, I have negative thoughts. Of course, I have judgmental thoughts. She reminds me of this all the time. Um, because I feel like I'm not being a good spiritual student or I'm not doing this. I mean, oh, yeah, recovering Catholic. All right. Where you invest your time and money. Let's talk about this because it's never been easier to learn something new or improve on a skill set. However, before you spend your time and money on a new strategy or tactic, and you know, it's interesting is I heard Russell Brunson talking about this on his podcast. I do like he's, I think he's brilliant with marketing, but is that, you know, strategy is the what, tactic is the how. I tend to think of it as strategies are more long-term, like learning copywriting is a strategy, Um, market, all of that is strategy. Tactics are more like, I'm going to try chatbots, or I'm going to try this, or I'm going to, that's kind of how I always thought it. But I thought that was an interesting, so strategy could be traffic, tactic could be paid traffic. I don't know. Either way, I thought it was interesting. However, before you spend your time and money on one of these things, evaluate if what you're already doing is working and whether or not there's room to improve on a fundamental skill that will truly make a difference and pay off long-term. You know, I've said this so many times, you guys, but learning to write well for the internet, and I'm not saying you need to become a writer, but understanding copy, practicing writing content, email, whatever it is, writing ads, the better that you you get at that, the better it's going to be across the board for everything. You know, and you know, even you know, I will say this: even if you have a business, let's say you're a service provider, and you have tons of referrals, you've got recurring revenue on maintenance plans or something. Well, what if you could come up with an offer and you could write a compelling message about an upsell or something to your existing customers? Maybe you don't want to grow big. That's fine, but. I I won't believe anybody who says I don't want more money or I don't want more revenue. I don't care if you do nothing with it other than increase the safety and security you feel, right? But it will always pay off. So copywriting, um, learning to write well for the web is just something I feel like is always part of my practice. Um, But another example, if you're not consistent at sharing and showing up on the social channels you are active on, what makes you think that investing in a course about another platform you're not using is going to be any different. You know, so you come back to the space of, and I was talking with a friend who she's committed to using LinkedIn for a year. And uh, I have to get back. She emailed me today. So I was like, well, how's it going? And she was like, well, let let me give a little more time. But then she followed up a few days in and she's like, oh gosh, you know, she said at first I thought this was great. Now it's kind of bothering me. And she gave a specific example. She said, maybe I need to clean up who I'm following and start over. And she said, I am committed to sticking with this, but again, how you feel needs to matter most. And so even those commitments to yourself, you have to have traffic to grow a business. End of story. Social, organic, 
paid, whatever it is, we need to get leads and traffic to our offers to do business, right? Um, So you have to find though what works for you. And if you decide you want to go all in with one channel and you want to learn how to make the most of that effort, that's a totally different story. But for me, like I'm on all the channels, nothing is floating my boat. Truth be told, Facebook, I get more engagement there, regardless of whether people like it, don't like it, what think it's dead, it's not. That's where I will be spending uh, time and money on paid traffic is Facebook and Instagram. Um, I, yeah, I kind of don't like any of them, to be honest with you. But I am repurposing, you know, and I'm doing more video with the podcast. So like I said, YouTube and then TikTok. And I and I push everything to Instagram too, which my Instagram needs some revamping. But either way, um, I want to talk about again, where you're spending your time and money, right? With courses and that kind of stuff too, is I am also talking to myself with this one. If you have assets, content, and connections already, in other words, you're not new. You're not just starting out. How can you ensure that you're doing the best with what you've got? This became so apparent to me, and I had this conversation (laughs) with my therapist yesterday, and I'll tell you, um, is you guys, I've had so many different platforms, and now that I double down and I said, look, I'm committed to making high-level work, I've got this high-level VA, all of my courses are now in one place. So why am I not selling this stuff consistently? And I think because I felt like things were disjointed, or I was like, oh God, I need to finish this or do that. And so I've made a commitment to sell five out of seven days a week. And I'm not a hard sell person. Um, I don't see it being launches, but I will focus on one promotion and then go into the next and always do a here's how I can help you with links to courses. Nothing is, you know, I don't, what's the highest course I even at 300 bucks maybe. So And I'm okay with that. I know what I'm doing with the upcoming community and I know where I'm at with create it. So, but the thing is, it's like, don't go create something new. (laughs) Take a look at what you've got and make that work first. If it's still relevant to what you're doing. Um, And I will say, I'm no stranger to jumping in and wanting to try something new, but man, you guys, where I tend to get the best ROI with my time and money is when I work on going deeper getting better at something specific and focusing. Hashtag just saying, remember this hashtag? That was a, I should link to that. It was a great Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake skit. Um, And here's the crazy thing is that most of this seems super obvious, doesn't it? And of course, we should only engage in things that make us feel good and support our goals, but we're human. And all of this is simply part of life. And if we don't choose to be conscious of these things, it is a practice. And it's something you go back to the drawing board with every day, like setting an intention for the day, choosing who you spend time with, who you talk to, what you read, where you engage, all of those things. It's hugely important. Because the truth is external things are going to happen, right? On a big scale, dumpster fire, um, and in our day to day lives. You know, and that totally impacts us, and they're going to throw a monkey wrench in things. But that's why when you have this stuff in place, it gives you the grace to move through your life more gently. There's not a panic because you've had to put out, you know, a, a real personal fire, right? Or you've had to deal with a tragedy or heartache or loss or struggle because, you know, that stuff is going to happen. None of us get through this life unscathed. And the more you practice this, the easier it gets and the stronger the trust in yourself becomes. So, you know, I know this is. I don't know, a lot of mindset stuff today, but I believe in this, you guys. It, it is, it can be challenging to stay the course when things feel super heavy. And so 
when you're there, the first step should not be what task can I mark off? It's like, how do I come back to myself? How do I come back home? That's a thing my therapist says, come home, come home. You know, how do you come back to that space of all is well, all is well. And it's as simple as I have a roof over my head. I do work. I love, I have incredible people in my life that I love. I'm excited about the future and that's enough for today. Don't, don't be afraid to unplug, check out. And if you guys haven't seen it, I'll, I should link to this in the show notes. Um, my friend Tess shared this and I had just seen it is my Mbialik did, she unplugged for two weeks. She went and got a dummy phone so that her husband and her kids could get her ex-husband and her kids could get a hold of her. Um, but no social media, no computer, no any of that for two weeks. And she said it was amazing. You know, so we have a lot coming at us all the time. And so whatever you can do to set yourself up for feeling good, being present in the moment, and living from a place that serves you, it's going to benefit everybody else. All right, that's all I've got for you this week, guys. I've got a couple interviews coming in the next few weeks. I might do two episodes a week, I'm thinking, because I kind of want to do a series on email marketing. So stay tuned for that. Um, And if you have not signed up to the newsletter, The Spark, go to kimdoyle.com forward slash The Spark, the hyphen spark, but I also have The Spark all in word. You know, I should double check that. I wonder if it is just kimdoyle.com spark. You know, me. Yeah, it's the hyphen spark. Okay. I'll better double check before I put this in the podcast. Anyways, I love you guys tons. Thanks, of course, as always for listening. If you've not left a review in Apple Podcasts, please do so. Um, and I will catch you next time.